This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 194, Rick Paddock on Mind Flipping. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. It's an amazing thing when you can take your own personal experience, those things that you were doing before you got into hypnosis, and then bring that into the work that you're now doing. And it's part of why I'm so excited to have Rick Paddock finally on the program. We go back a number of years by way of the HypnoThoughts Live convention and uh, chatting and hanging out online, of course, too. And Rick is also a fellow podcaster. He does an outstanding program called Mind Flipping, which you can check out on iTunes or anywhere else that uh, podcasts are available. We'll link to it in the show notes, of course, over here at the uh, WorkSmartHypnosis.com website. And taking his previous experience of everything from a chance encounter with a hypnotic version of Neil Diamond, uh, transitioning then to making use of a hypnotic process to make his own personal change, to then reaching out, learning the process, and coming from a background flipping houses and now working as a person who helps to mind flip those who are ready to be mind flipped. Flipped. Uh, not necessarily calling that in his uh, Milwaukee Hypnosis Center office, yet looking at it from the perspective of how do we take something, renovate it, and make it work even better in a client-centered way. There's some amazing takeaways in this conversation, too, in terms of the value of content marketing, the value of really putting yourself out there, and a really cool strategy, too, of getting out there and talking about the work that you do in such a way that really inspires people to ask more questions and really get involved with the work that you do. We're going to link to uh, Rick's various websites and the podcast once again over at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. And speaking of working smart, once again, head over to WorkSmartBusiness.com. Com. That is the launch page for my upcoming book, Work Smart Business, where I chronicle the narrative in terms of how I've launched multiple six-figure businesses in this little tiny niche and using that as a story to help become a catalyst and inspiration for people of all sorts of business approaches. So you can join the launch team over at WorkSmartBusiness.com. If you're listening to this before January 22nd, that's your opportunity to get a free digital copy of the book before it actually actually launches. If you're listening afterwards, that'll probably redirect over to Amazon to purchase the book online. We're gathering a whole team of people to help launch this project and get it out there to an amazingly large audience. Though if you need help specifically with your hypnosis business, of course, check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. That's the entire digital access library to my what I did to launch my business as well in many ways my what's working now access. So it's everything from done-for-you marketing campaigns to step-by-step -step tutorials, and you're able to get started with just $47 of an investment to see exactly how I've built a six-figure business that scales year after year. Join today at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. And with that, let's jump directly into this outstanding conversation, take some notes, put these strategies to use. This is session number 194, Rick Paddock on mind flipping. Yeah, my first experience, I guess uh, I haven't shared it a whole lot before, was I think I was a young teen, maybe 13 or 14. Uh, my family, we took a, a trip out to California and saw a hypnotist at Knott's Berry Farm. And uh, 
was fascinated by the things that were happening. And I guess you know the one thing that really stands out is the guy who, upon the suggestion of uh, he is now his favorite performer, jumped into Sweet Caroline from uh, Neil Diamond. And I wasn't I wasn't a Neil Diamond fan until then. He got the crowd rocking, so it was pretty cool. And uh, kind of filed it away in the back of my mind, and then I guess fast forward, uh, boy, um, maybe forty years, maybe a little bit less. And uh, I needed some help in my life. I needed some help uh, with direction. And and uh, a friend of mine who's a pastor at the church that he used to be a pastor of and that I used to go to invited me in to share some uh, coach training that he got. And and it took me through uh, what he would probably to this day not call a hypnosis session. He called it a visualization session, but uh, it was a hypnosis session. There was the induction and the deepener, the suggestive part and the awakening, and it was really powerful and it helped, helped me get some clarity about the next part of my life. Yeah, so then having that experience, which I love that the story you know, begins with something that was not the style of hypnosis that you've now ended up mostly making use of, that many of us, I mean, that was my first introduction. I do have to highlight uh, that you did say you weren't a Neil Diamond fan until then, which now builds the presupposition you're the uh, massive raving fan, yes? Of course. Of okay, course. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Brother Love's Traveling Salvation show is coming to town. So looking at the experience of, awesome. you know, have I know there's a deep cut. Um, so <laughs> there's the experience of, uh, you know, having the personal change, though. Uh, you know, th there's the other side of it that you had the audience perspective, but then the client perspective, as you think back to it and, you know, filter it now through the years of experience, seeing clients going through trainings, uh, what would you say it was about that actual experience that why it was able to help you if you had to really unpack that? Yeah. Which experience? The first, the second, both? The the second, actually being the client of that. Yeah. And so uh, this friend of mine had recently got become certified as a as a coach and was sharing with me uh, how powerful this process was of coaching as opposed to his traditional pastoral counseling, which was, you know, digging up the past and, you know, let's talk about your parents and how when he applied these coaching processes, which is very much what we do in hypnosis, you know, what's happening now that you don't like and where would you rather be? What does that look like, feel like, taste like and all that good stuff? So um, took me into a session and I got clarity about where I wanted to go. Basically, it was a future self session. And uh, and the lights kind of went on. It actually took me to both the fields of co uh, coaching and hypnosis, helped clarify uh, a lot of things, my values, my strengths, um, my goals, really in a, in a powerful way that a lot of us in this field see pretty quickly. Yeah, so... From there, what was that next step in terms of, you know, getting it in motion and starting to learn this? Yeah, so the next step was um, he referred me to his coach, teacher, trainer. I worked with her, got certified as a coach, um, started a business as a coach. My little niche was a uh, title or the name of my business was Purpose Focused Coaching. And um, I kind of narrowed it down a little bit towards um, guys who, you know, men like my age who are going through transition, perhaps divorce, perhaps a um, career change, life change, and found it was really difficult 
to market. You know, you go to a networking group and saying you're a coach is kind of like saying you're a life insurance agent. You know, there's <laughs> you know, their eyes kind of glaze over and uh, oh, another another one. And and uh, I had, uh, you know, little success, um, little being the keyword, um, and then recognized that some of that training that I got uh, in my coach training revolved around these hypnotic processes. And at this point, I didn't really know that it had all the structure of hypnosis. But when I look back with my clients on our our breakthroughs in our work together, it always came back to those hypnotic experience, whether it was more formal hypnosis or maybe even some NLP processes. And so I decided to learn more about it and uh, got certified, got my original training with Dr. Richard Nongard. And uh, the key original training, as all of us know, the <laughs> training <laughs> never stops. And um, changed my business name. I took his advice uh, when I was looking at my business about naming it geographic, geographically based. Changed it to Milwaukee Hypnosis. And as much as I struggled finding coaching clients, immediately uh, people were signing up to to work with me. And they and there was no free introductory call. There was no... Uh, you know, me explaining coaching, they didn't even often know what hypnosis was, but they had this sense that it could help them quit smoking, lose weight, get over anxiety. So it was a really cool flip. And now I, I kind of, I, I do, I combine both of them, coaching and hypnosis. And I mean, to look at it, we can talk about hypnosis as that formal process of come in, close your eyes, let me now move through my induction, my deepeners now into the actual change work. The, the further anybody gets into all of this, the more we start to realize the entire process is hypnosis. The entire process is that hypnotic suggestion. So to look at that, how do you, how do you mentally draw that line as to when you're in that coaching mode versus that, that hypnosis mode? Well, there is no real line. Yeah, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's always it's always hypnosis, as you said. Um, but the clients do expect they kind of want they love the all right. Let's do the you know the way I describe it to pretty much all of my clients is Are you ready for the for the fun easy part? And uh, <laughs> yeah, they want that. They want they want the, the the little mental vacation, the getaway. So whether we're working in my office or whether we're working over Zoom or over the phone. Um, you know, we do the uh, the conversational hypnosis, you know, uh, what's been working, uh, what do we need to tweak? And then we hop into not always, but usually more, you know, typical formal hypnosis and uh, and strengthen, you know, that which they want to go to and and release, erase, eliminate that which they're looking to erase. And 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 the cool thing is, the more we do it, my clients recognize it changes from often uh, where it was in the first session. So I try to give them a little bit more typical, you know, the, the induction, maybe some eye lock, you know, maybe some phenomenon in the first session. But pretty quickly, um, we go to skipping skipping deepeners and the induction is not anything that somebody would call a typical induction. It's pretty quick and, and uh, we get to that suggestive part pretty quickly. Yeah. So from that model, I wanted to come back to the fact that you mentioned working with clients in an office, but also online. Uh, let's spend some time on that in terms of modifying the process to be just as effective, whether someone's in the room or thousands of miles away. How, how do you approach that online side of the work? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, laying expectations, you know, uh, whether it's somebody who's worked with me in the office originally or, or never before, you know, some of them, uh, 
you know, need a, a little bit of handholding as to, you know, how can this work, you know, online, um, whether it is Skype or whether they've got the, you know, their headphones in or the, the phone next to their ear. Um, once they go through it, you know, and it's just, a, again, a little bit, perhaps in that first one, walking through, holding their hand and, and helping them identify that whether we're in the same room or whether we're across the world, we can still get the uh, the same results. And, and after the first one, it's um, it's pretty easy. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely a strategy of framing that, you know, here's something that's perhaps not exactly what their first expectation was and presenting the process in such a way that, yes, this is just as viable. Are, are there ways that you're modifying, let's say, the work that you're actually doing on top of that? Not a whole lot, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, not, not really a whole lot. There's not a lot. I, you know, I rarely uh, uh, I've never done any uh, uh, element type inductions. I rarely do. Uh, you know, physical touching, you know, uh, just an occasion, occasionally I'll, I'll show them, you know, if they're in their office, we'll set some anchors, but, but most of those things, as you know, we can walk them through and allow them to do it over the phone. So there's not a whole lot that we have to have to change. Yeah. Yeah. I'd share a bit of a connection there that years ago I had one style of working if the client was in the room and I had a different style if they were, you know, by way of video conference, which was often, you know, here's the referral from a client in the office. Here's someone who found me online. And really what it came down to was that online experience was just a more streamlined version of the process, which was getting the same result. So instead that became how I worked everywhere. Yeah. That, that <laughs> sounds very similar. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of interesting. Once you see, uh, uh, the results and how easy and how fluid it can be online, you start incorporating that into the office. I'd agree. Yeah. So is there a certain, you mentioned starting off working with men with, um, you know, sort of more personal issues. Is there a specific focus of your work nowadays? You know, among the focuses, I, you know, I guess that I end up working to working with, um, as is the case for many people in, the, in this industry, more women than men, you know, probably three out of four. Um, and a little niche that I've kind of developed, I, I believe that, you know, like attracts like, and somehow, some way, uh, the universe sends people to me that are like me. One of the niches that those who know me, uh, have seen and heard me talk about is uh, sensitive or introverted people, men and women, uh, whether they're business people that I've met at networking groups locally that are trying to figure out how to grow their business in a, in a, what may be considered a loud extroverted world or whether they come to me because they're sensitive and introverted and and extra sensitive to um, anxiety. So I, I help a lot of people with anxiety. And it, gosh, you know, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking probably two out of three or three out of four of those people who come to me for some form of anxiety, to some recently are, had a couple of actually men for, in, in their words, uh, white coat you know, syndrome, nervous about getting to the uh, the doctor and having their blood pressure checked and uh, some young athletes, uh, a lot of them are sensitive, you know, in some ways. And, and that the work I do with them ends up being just reminding them that this, which brought them that anxiety, uh, their extra sensitivity is, is the gift that can help them get out of it. And so it's pretty cool. Yeah. What I love about that is the, the phrasing and to use the superhero line of using those powers for good. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. the same part of the mind getting you into that challenge uh, that we're going to use to get you out of it, too. Yep. And you see a little bit of the light bulbs go on and it's like, really. And then once they experience it, 
uh, it's really cool. And then they, they perhaps for many of them for the first time are stepping into a real acceptance of who they are, of these things that in the past they considered liabilities are, are yeah, superhero strengths. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So is there, is there a certain style, a certain approach? Let, let's look at it from the user experience that someone's now coming in to work with you, let's say for anxiety. What is it that they're about to experience? So we do, you know, typically in the first session, um, we kind of lay the groundwork. We kind of look at, you know, the, again, what's happening that's not working. What, what is anxiety to you uh, physically, emotionally, you know, through all modalities? Um, and if you didn't have that, you know, what does that look like? And sometimes that takes a while to, uh, to kind of ferret out and, and get them to identify. Um, among the things that we end up doing in our work together are, you know, I, I try to give all of my clients kind of a, a toolbox of self-help, self-care strategies so that they can reinforce the changes that are, are being made or introduced in our sessions uh, in between our sessions. So things from emotional detox to um, bilateral stimulation. Um, and, and really, I see more and more for, uh, you know, so many people, and including and especially those who are, are more sensitive, mindfulness is it's just a wonderful thing to to learn and to practice regularly. And, and a, among the things that I try to reinforce and impress upon my clients on that end is you don't need to uh, commit to 15 minutes of mindfulness meditation or even five minutes. Just get in the habit and the practice of being mindful throughout your day and it'll have a cumulative effect on releasing these anxieties. And so that's a big part of what we do. Is there a story that comes to mind of working with someone and arming them with these strategies and, you know, getting getting feedback in terms of that being a big part of the benefit? Yeah, I guess one that kind of immediately pops into mind was a woman who came to me. Um, I think she drove probably about an hour and a half or two hours to see me. And, and her anxiety was, in her words, uh, she was a hypochondriac. You know, she worried about every little thing, uh, every tickle in her throat, every cough, every sniffle. Um, and those usually are the symptoms of hypochondriacs. Yes. (laughs) Bad joke. Sorry. Top, top, top ones. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, and then, you know, the next step is you get online and figure out what that little, uh, lump is there, that little bump or that pimple and, oh, it could be anything. And, and then she had kids. Uh, if I remember right, she had uh, a couple of young kids and she recognized that now she was fearing their health and, and it, she was such a prisoner to those um, intrusive thoughts and those ruminations that she feared that her kids were going to have that same, you know, that same liability, if you will. And so she, uh, I think we worked together maybe six times and, and uh, every time, you know, she came back with uh, stories of relief, of uh, stepping out of her comfort zone, of noticing shifts and in the in our final session, we kind of reviewed everything, and and for her, the the breakthrough or the the one self care self help tool that she turned to was bilateral stimulation. And uh, when I share in my office, I have uh, a number of things. You know, I've got little squishy little uh, animals. You know, kind of like stress balls, and we use those for a few different things. Um, I think at that time I had like a, a polished stone. That would just kind of fit in the palm of my hand and I had her use that well she went out and bought one and and she said it that 
that process of bilateral stimulation helped her to the point where she got that little stone and, and she would pull it out if she felt those anxieties creeping in and pass it from one hand and swing it out to the side and hand it off in the middle and swing it out to the side and and uh, to the point where she could just um, touch the stone and her anxiety would wash away and then to, to then to just where she could look at the stone and that her mind would flip in an instant and uh, pretty cool. That's highlighting something beautiful. I love that she could just look at it and get that result that often describing the process is really running the process. Yep. So I've taken to like the, the emotional detox, the it's collapsing anchors, uh, anchor on one hand, that's a negative. The other hand is a positive fire them both off. I give it more of a get ready nowadays for that exact reason that nowadays I'd get the feedback from a client. Yeah. After a few times I could just squeeze both hands and I already had the result. Or I thought about using the technique, and I immediately felt better. Yeah, it's so yeah. awesome. And how our mind can play that so quickly and instantly, what it's already learned. It's like, all right, been there, done that, next thing. <laughs> right, right, which really is helping to establish. I mean, the critic of such a strategy would go, yeah, but you're giving them something they have to do the rest of their life. And, you know, these are examples where someone's creating that new pattern in their mind, creating that new outcome, to the point where just they've established that that new rhythm, that new ritual. Yeah, yep. And I tell my clients when I give them these tools is, you know, these are uh, these are tools for you to to pull out as you see fit. And some of these you may never use. Uh, there's probably going to be one, two, maybe three that you use uh, quite a bit, and then he, and then eventually you're not going to need to pull that tool out at all because the work's been done, and you're just going to leave it in that toolbox. Yeah. So then working with people, what's that, what's sort of that process in terms of, you mentioned doing six sessions is what I'm getting at here. How is it you judge with the client, let's say when they've graduated? Yeah, it's a, it's a conversation back and forth and it's, you know, I got to admit it's something I'm still, uh, I'm still working on in, in my mind and in my business. Um, I'm a, in a bit of transition. I'm trying to find that the best way to serve the client um, you know, long-term. And so it, now the conversation is, um, all right, th this has been done. Are we, are we all the way there? Does it make sense to, to work another one, two or three sessions? Uh, and if we're all the way there, what's next? You know, you've done this work. Um, but if you're like me and if you're like most people in this world, uh, there's a next thing to check off on your list. And, uh, and so we have a conversation about that and looking at that work. But, but when I say I'm, you know, kind of in transition, you know, I'm I'm really trying to find that that sweet spot, both from a client service side as well as from a business side. Of, um, you know, I mentioned the the challenge of coaching is, you know, it's it's kind of a yawn. You know, people don't understand what coaching is when you're marketing it, and it's hard for them to immediately see the result. Um, you know, you have to kind of get them to describe their ROI. Um, so that's the challenge on coaching. The challenge in as a hypnotist is um, our churn rate. You know, we we turn them over pretty quickly, and uh, that's you know for a good coaching business, there's a there's a low churn rate. They have people working with them for a long time. So I'm working through the process of trying to find a way to combine both of them so clients see, feel, and really buy into the benefit of working with us long term, and um, and do it in a natural way. I'd share the the experience of just simply presenting that as an option. Yeah. 
is really all it took on the business side for me that, you know, here's a person that I saw there was some benefit to. And I'm always looking at, you know, this is coming from someone who will look at a client when the stop smoking guy says, uh, can I book a six month follow up? And to his benefit, I'll look at him and say, why? You're not going to be smoking. What else do I need to say about you? Say to you about this. <laughs> if there's something, <laughs> if there's something else you'd like to be working on, why don't we go ahead and take care of that now, though? You know, but it's me looking at every strategy of turning down that opportunity. The the shoot yourself in the foot business model, as Jerry Kine used to say, of <laughs> using it in that model. But instead, this opportunity that this is what we can continue working on. Now that we've taken down that fear, we can now shift into a performance enhancement mode where it's one part working on the actual you know per- performance of public speaking. But at the same time, I'll be sharing with you some, you know, hypnotic language patterns to help you to become more influential. And now we've got some momentum. Now we've got something we can actually keep at. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You're right. Rather than 50 sessions of the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, give them the option. And yeah, I I love it. You know, the option of, you know, what's next. And in some cases, I've, you know, uh, metaphorically broken out the, uh, you know, the, the life wheel. All right. You know, so we've covered this area. Are there anything on the, you know, the, uh, in our work together, I heard you talk about some work that needs to be done in relationship or spiritually. And so that's another way to, to look at continuing the, the fun that we're having. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to bring the conversation, of course, to the concept of mind flipping. Mind flipping. I like mind. that. <laughs> you should like do something term. with that yeah <laughs> let's, let's run with that <laughs> yeah where should we go with this uh if you had to define mind flipping as a concept all right i love it so uh mind flipping is a term that i came up with for my podcast the mind flipping podcast thanks for bringing it up and and for me it was a natural term you know it's uh i transitioned from being a house flipper um to being a mind flipper and and the transition came you know the the fulcrum point if you will was that hypnosis session i had with my pastor friend and uh i was a real estate investor house flipper and when the market turned in 07 uh here in the in the midwest in the milwaukee area uh, i needed to find a new direction and that's what led me to the coaching and hypnosis and and recognized um as I was putting the podcast together and my, my, my dream as I was trying to come up with the title was I really wanted to find a way as we kind of touched on today to get uh, hypnotists to realize the benefit of coaching and coaching to realize the benefits of hypnosis and, and NLP and, and meditation and getting all of these, which in some ways are separate schools um, to kind of come together. And those of us who have been doing it for a while, you know, end up using all of those and are familiar with them. But, I kind of wanted to make sure that the general population of the world learned about all of these ways to renovate and update our minds and lives. And so I recognize that's really what we do as, as coaches, as hypnotists, as um, you know, NLP practitioners. Uh, we help our clients renovate and update their minds and lives, just like a contractor or a homeowner would renovate and update their house to get better value out of it. So, yeah, the Mind Flipping podcast was born and. Gratefully, you've had a number of awesome uh, practitioners, including you, Jason. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, got a, I got a golden pig out of it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> the guinea pig that you are. Ah, and, thank uh, you. Yeah. So it's been great fun. And uh, 
I learn so much from all of my guests. I get great feedback from our listeners. Um, it's fantastic. I, I just love it. Yeah, and of course, we'll put links to the in the show notes here uh, to check out the Mind Flipping podcast. I, I'd ask you, I wanted to bring that up, though, for the concept of you were utilizing part of your backstory, part of your background, um, and that mindset of this is something I used to do, which is kind of like what I'm doing now, just in a different format. I mean, to, to look at so many people that even interact with, whether it's your program, my program, or really any hypnosis training, they seem to always be just on that cusp of getting started. Uh, what would you say that catalyst was for you? I mean, yes, you had the, the personal transformation, yet there then had to be the task of getting out there and talking about what you did. You know, the steps I took were, you know, on the, on the hypnosis side, it was, uh, well, I guess I, I should go back a little bit. On the, on the coaching side, it was networking. It was getting out and network, um, you know, talk to people. And, and even in this business, you know, if, if the clients aren't flowing through, I come back to uh, three words t- or three letters, TTP. I need to be talking to people. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's uh, putting on a, a talk, I'll be putting on a, um, a presentation to a local business group, probably about, I don't know, 60 or 70 people next Friday, or whether it's networking or whether it's talking to people through the power of the Internet. Um, that's what we need to be doing. We need to put ourselves out there. So I've always understood that. So from the coaching perspective, uh, it was networking. It was, uh, you know, putting on talks. And then uh, from the uh, hypnosis side, uh, the business name really helped. It was having a, a decent website. It was having the abil- ability for people to, to get hold of me. I have heard consistently uh, that unfortunately, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners and you can attest to this, uh, sometimes our competitors, uh, I guess, gratefully for us, don't return phone calls. And so I'll return a phone call and it's like, oh, it's it's nice that you called. I've been waiting for this other person and <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard. Uh, so giving them the ability to to talk to us and explain it. And so my, uh, you know, my strategy up front is really, you know, the same as it is now. It's getting out and talking to people, whether it's online through even the podcast or videos or uh, or locally. I call that success in spite of their efforts where so many people in business is even there's a contractor that I'm having to deal with the project with the ongoing uh, repair issue at my office right now of uh, I'm about to later today send the message that says I'm sending this for the third time. Could you at least at least respond with at least a I don't know. (laughs) Um, Please let me know you're alive. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Is everything okay? Do we need to hire another contractor as a search party? So to look at you know, again, just the simple nature of doing good business, being out there talking about what you do and responding to people and keeping that follow up. When when you were doing the networking, uh, is that something that you were going out there and being specific to one type of issue, talking in more general terms? What did you find to be effective in those communities? Yeah, I guess, you know, it was uh, talking in general terms. You know, I, I liken it to the kind of the uh, the the volleyball approach, you know, you you start big and and you let them ask questions and then respond. And if you see an opportunity to narrow down uh, to get more specific, and and that could, you know, very early on include recognizing that no, that's uh, not something I do. Uh, we're we're not going to be a good fit, you know, what, you know whether it's a specific area in hypnosis or coaching. But yeah, I guess my approach has always been start a little bit more general, uh, volley it back to them, listen to uh, how they respond, listen to their story a little bit and, and see if it's a good fit. And if it is, you know, get a little bit more deeper into my specialties. 
and uh, check out the Hypnotic Volleyball podcast, which is going to be launching in uh, January. Uh, never That's mind. Right. So, uh, what would be an example of one of those volleyball statements? Oh, good question. You know, I guess uh, it would be, uh, you know, that's another great thing about uh, combining both coaching and and hypnosis, you know, whereas the the coaching conversation in a networking group can bring a yawn. You talk about hypnosis and and probably eight or nine out of ten times it'll it'll be, you know, eyes wide open. Tell me more. And as you know, there's (laughs) the the occasional uh, cover their eyes and (laughs) and walk away. Uh, But then, uh, you know pausing and letting them uh, ask the next question because often it'll be about a question about themselves or somebody that that they know like so could it help with you know bedwetting could it help with anxiety you know these things make me nervous and uh, if you just pause and give them space and let them ask uh, the next question um, it's amazing what what will come out so the classic question that we all get I, I want to hear your response. Uh, does that actually work? <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I respond. And I'll say, oh, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to laugh. You know. um, I've just been in business for 10 years, but yes, it does work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, it is a, how do you, how do you answer that, Jason? Mine is, uh, okay, you need, let's role play it. You're a different profession and I'm forcing you to be creative on the spot. Uh, well, well, what do you do for a living, Rick? I sell life insurance. Okay. Does that actually work? <laughs> and yes, I, re- I really do that. And it just completely, and they usually, you know, apologize in a friendly way. That's not a confrontational way of, of letting it play out. But to go, well, yeah, I've been at this now for going on about 10 years full time, just seeing clients. And I wouldn't keep doing it if it didn't. And I'd usually then pull out some sort of recent client story to go, well, just the other day, here's someone who came in, this was their challenge, and they reported their feedback as... And then give the case study. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's also the place of you know. I think you and I talked about this uh, at one point. I'm flashing back to. I don't engage the con- conversation of belief that yeah. we've got enough research. We've got enough um, studies of neuroscience. Yes, that all say different things, but there's enough data out there to say that yes, this is a thing, and yes, it works. So the conversation of belief is about forty or fifty years out of date. Yeah. 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 And as you're describing that, I guess, um, you know, I've answered that question in different ways. I can remember somebody asking me something similar and, and following up with, well, why do you ask? And again, they're thinking about something, you know, about some area and it might just be, it just seems so weird. And, and then, you know, jumping into, yeah, about research or, you know, it's actually been helping people in areas such as, you know, smoking, weight loss, anxiety for many years and, there are many published studies, so, yeah. Which, without but, really having to be clever, what we're both talking about here is leading with education, leading with here's what the process is, here's how it works, and putting it out there for the for the people to then make that informed decision. Yep, yeah. And the other uh, common question, of course, is, um, you know, you're not going to make me bark, are you, or cluck? And I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> who I heard it from, but my answer is typically... Uh, uh, well, I can, but you'll have to pay me extra. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then looking at the shape of uh, combining together, I mean, a media project of doing a podcast, has that has that assisted in getting you clients? Yeah, I think it has. Um, I can't say 
that it's you know um you know torn the roof off like you know too much but uh my business is is at a, a really nice place right now and uh i find often that it's just another great resource i keep a little stack of my uh of my um postcards in my office um lenticular printed postcards that's right i was trying to come up with a name or depending on how you look at it you go from the uh under construction mind to the peaceful happy mind <laughs> and uh and I'll give it to my clients and I'll say, check out this podcast. And if I'm really good, I'll remember the episode um, or I'll just refer them to certain episodes. And so it's been a great resource for my uh, my clients as to uh, stories that have been shared, strategies that have been shared. And so if, you know, if nothing else, it gives me, uh, you know, great credibility. That's what I was going to bring it up for that to have some sort of ongoing media project, whether it's a podcast, whether it's blogging, whether it's putting up a video every now and then on YouTube or doing a Facebook Live, whatever the platform is and whatever it's going to become a few years from now. It's that opportunity for people to build rapport with you. And I've had people come to me as a result of this program. It usually begins with, yeah, I found your podcast. I don't think I'm the audience. Because uh, you do a different style of program, which is appealing to, uh, if you had to, if you had to just find your audience, how would you describe that? Yeah, I think my audience, the best that I can tell, is is a mix of professionals, you know, practitioners in in those different areas I mentioned: hypnosis, NLP, coaching, uh, psychology, psychotherapy, and people, uh, you know, quote unquote, the layperson who recognizes. Uh, that there is great power in their mind and, and the little things that we share or the big things that we share help them. So I think it's a, it's a mix, but you know, the, the commonality is people who, who are fascinated with the mind and believe in the power of our mind to, uh, to create, you know, greatness. Yeah. So to borrow, uh, I believe what may be a familiar question, uh, to give yourself a hypnotic suggestion back to when you started the old, if I knew then what I know now, how would you have done things different along this journey? Oh, um, podcast journey or everything? Everything journey. <laughs> oh, you know, I, oh, that's a great question because I really, uh, throughout my life, try not to shoot on myself or think, ah, oh, you know, I should have done this or, but if I, uh, yeah, if I could have, yeah, maybe start the podcast earlier or at least, you know, to your point, um, consistently put out content in some way. You know, my my goal when I started the podcast was to do just that, to be consistent, to kind of put my head down and somehow, some way to keep doing it. You know, I, my initial goal was uh, 200 episodes. So we're coming up on episode 60. And so I've got a long way to go. And uh, come hell or high water, I'm going to I'm going to get there. And hopefully it'll be it'll, you know, go much, much beyond that. But if I would have, uh, I guess if anything is earlier on, find a way to just get it on the calendar, get it in my, uh, you know, regular activities to produce content. Yeah. So then how has doing the podcast, let's say, informed your local business in terms of how you're now approaching, you know, getting out into that community, uh, reaching more people? So interesting, the way that the way that the podcast has is, you know, you said as it affected the business, you know, my business is, um, is busy, you know, it's going very well to the point where I'm looking to incorporate, um, you know, another practitioner in the business. And uh, my goal is to um, pull away a little bit more from the one on one in office client work, 
to let another practitioner or two do that and do more um, work online, more traveling, more getting out and and meeting with all the people in this community um, in person and, you know, kind of to take the show on the road. Outstanding. So speaking of that, uh, Rick, how can people find you online? So they can find me at uh, mindflipping.com. Uh, my training, the training aspect, I do train and certify new hypnotists is through midamericahypnosis.com or here in the Milwaukee area, milwaukeehypnosiscenter.com. Outstanding. Well, Rick, it's been awesome having you on here. I'm a regular listener to your podcast and uh, definitely endorsing that for these folks out here too. Right back at you. I love yours. I love all the work that you do, not only with the podcast, but all the resources that you offer us as the guinea pig that you are. Uh, <laughs> And the Hypnotic Mutual Love Fest continues. <laughs> Thanks for being on here. Thanks, Jason. Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for leaving your reviews online, sharing this on your social media streams. And let's sh share the stage on this one. Check out Rick Paddock's Mind Flipping Podcast. Head over to worksmart.com business.com to get a launch team for the book. And again, if you're looking to scale up your own specific hypnotic business, check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. Thanks for listening. See you on the inside. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.